Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host. And today we are going to talk about our bike camp that we do here at Pediatric Developmental Therapy. This is year two, so second annual bike camp. So today we're talking with Michelle Moran, Samantha Arrett, and Kirsty Miles, and we're going to review our bike camp for this year. So why don't you guys first introduce yourself for maybe people who haven't heard and listened, and then we'll start talking about our bike camp. Sure. Kirsty Miles, I'm a physical therapist and team lead for Purple Team. I co-lead Blue Team over in Fayetteville with Hayden, but I like to think first and foremost, I'm a physical therapist, and so that is why I'm here today talking about bike camp. And I'm Samantha Ayer. I'm also a physical therapist on Purple Team. I'm Michelle Moran, a physical therapy assistant on the Purple Team. And so these are all of our brains behind the bike camp thing and also the muscle because there was a decent amount of muscle that was involved. And, and blood and some scrapes <laughs> and some bruises. Yeah, Because yeah. there's a lot of physical adult stuff. Because you're basically running up and down with kids on bikes in the hot. In 100 degree weather. Because <laughs> we're in yeah. Southern Pines. So it's hot in July. And even though we schedule the first thing in the morning, it's still hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anybody who's out there listening, there's a lot of work involved with this. So let's talk about what it is. I know what our bike camp is, but somebody tell me, what our bike camp is here at PDT and what it's about and what we do. So when I did my grad school education in Mm -hmm. Richmond, there was a local organization that was running a bike camp Mm -hmm. and they wanted volunteers. And so word got across our school and they needed help to just teach kids with disabilities how to ride a bike. And so that was just a really amazing experience that I got to partake in and I got to see the growth in the kids And during my interview at PDT, it came about, so describe what this bike camp is. And that's just how it came about um, at Southern Pines. So our bike camp here, again, it involved kids, I'd say ages four to six. Some had Down syndrome, some were left hemiplegic. There were also typically developing kids that participated. So we got to see the progression with a lot of different children through the bike camp. Yeah, and kids who present very differently. Hemiplegia would present very differently than a child with Down syndrome or autism or whatever. So they all came with their own set of challenges, just like we as adults do. So basically, really this idea for our bike camp, for PDTs, really came from Samantha when she interviewed. After the interview, I was like, man, that Samantha girl's great. And did you hear that cool idea, Kirsty? <laughs> That's basically how it went down, right? Yeah, it was. And we have a lot of parents when they come in for therapy, their primary question is to get their child to ride a bike, to have them more active in the community. They're not keeping up with the neighborhood kids. And so the idea helps spur that and treatments with different children in the community. Yeah. And I think we've always done is just a practice, try to think, okay, how can we best serve these kids we see? And so I think the bike camp also just gave us a different way to serve kids in another way, but still provide them with therapy and real life functional application for stuff you work on in therapy. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And Kirsten and I just know a good idea when we hear one. And Samantha had it. (laughs) So (laughs) so we took it and we're like, yeah, so offer that girl a job and let's do the bike camp. (laughs) That's basically how it happened. Yeah. And I'm sure the the goal is the same, getting children to ride a bike, but probably our means of getting there was a little bit different. We don't have a lot of fancy equipment. We know the families when they leave us don't have fancy equipment. So 
really what we're using is our skill and our knowledge and our creativity to drive the bike camp rather than something that we can go out and buy. Well, and I think that's just how we work. But really at the start of this bike camp, when we were first talking about it like last year, I thought, okay, we're gonna have to buy all these bikes that don't have pedals on them. And we're gonna have to really get all, a lot of fancy stuff. And Kirsty was like, well, no, you just take the pedals off. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I really thought we had to have something like fancy schmancy, but we really don't. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the types of kids who were involved with our bike camp, but then why don't you guys talk about sort of the curriculum or how the bike camp looks like? What do we do in a bike camp? We're not using fancy equipment, so what is it that we do? One of the things that we want to make sure we're doing is that we're treating the whole child. So we would start every session with a little bit of a warm-up, introduction. We're dealing with multiple diagnoses. And so we want to make sure that we are treating the whole child and bringing in the social aspect because it's exercise, it's fun, but it's also to engage in the community and in your surroundings. And so we did a little bit of a warm up icebreaker. As a speech therapist, that was the part I felt comfortable with. And then when people started getting on the bikes, that's when I started like getting like, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But the warm up, I was like, now nah, I got this. We're talking and we're looking at one another. Uh, Michelle, you want to to tell us about some of the little warm-ups that we did? Yeah, sure. So we started out with stretches, get our blood circulating by, you know, arms up, arms down, trunk rotation exercises, just general stretching. And then we did some icebreakers to, again, get that peer engagement. You know, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite hobby? We had a weighted ball, too. You could only speak when you had the ball. So you had to pass the ball to your peer beside of you to get a little more strengthening and a warm up, lift the ball up and over your head before you said what your favorite food was, what your favorite hobby is, your favorite animal, things like that. And then we had a tandem bike and Kiersey was really good at steering and driving that. So she did that most of the time. And either Samantha or myself or one of the volunteers would kind of ride alongside with the child and make sure they were okay just to get them warmed up and feeling some of that vestibular movement that they're going to be experiencing when we really start. And while they did that, we would do more warm-up exercises with the other kids. So the weight of all goes up and over your head, and then you do more trunk rotation or under your legs, a little more stretching activities, just to really get them warmed up while Kirstie was taking the kids on the tandem bike. We did hot potato. Yeah, we didn't want kids to be bored. We (laughs) wanted them to be engaged and Mm -hmm. active for the time that they were there Mm -hmm. and to keep their interest. And little ones, sometimes that's hard. Mm -hmm. So we we wanted to keep them engaged. But with the tandem bike too, some of these children have never tried a bike without training wheels. So to give them that feel and the bike moves very different and you can fall a little bit further to the left and the right. And so how you move on a bike that doesn't have training wheels is different. And so that's what we were trying to achieve with that tandem is get that sensation for them. Get when you turn, you're leaning into the turn and hey, you're not going to fall over. We got you. But it does make you question yourself as an adult riding a bicycle when you put the child on the back because you're like, I think I can do this. And you don't want to fall like in front of everybody. But when you also with the child on the bike of a tandem bike, you're like, oh, like balance problems for just a minute. And then it kicks Sometimes in. Sometimes <laughs> when these guys were running with the child behind them, there was a couple of kids where we just wanted them to keep their hands on the handlebar. Yes. And you Definitely. wouldn't think that would be a thing, but they Definitely. do forget that. Because if you got the training wheels on, you can let go. Mm-hmm. Hands on, looking ahead. Yeah, you're right. That's a thing. And a also big thing. encouraging them to pedal as well. Because yes. whenever we pedal, it's kind of like a free ride. So we wanted them to participate as much as they could. 
I know with my own daughter, when we were doing the tandem bike thing, she would stop pedaling and somebody would be behind me. I'm like, is she pedaling or not? I start pedaling because I would be up there sweating bullets. And, like, and she's just, not at all. <laughs> they forget to pedal. I'm like, that gum girl, pedal. <laughs> they all did really good on that tandem, though. They really did. Just that whole like holding on with the handlebars from like a speech and language perspective, you know, sometimes our little speech people with these various diagnoses, they just don't sort of think what's my impact on the world. It's kind of like with the words, you know, they don't sometimes realize, hey, words are power. And if I say I want purple juice, I'm going to get purple juice versus white milk. You get what you want when you say what you want. And so I think just that whole use of words and like, oh, what I say has an impact on what other people do. And I'm taking responsibility for my body and my interaction with these people and what what I do makes other people do things. I think sometimes they miss that. And it's like a big, huge thing in pragmatics that we sort of work with and language that we work on with these kids. But just like sometimes holding the bike and like realize, oh, I got to be accountable and responsible for myself because I'm going to fall off and like I have to change up my behavior and what I act. So there's like this whole language pragmatic component thing happening there with things. But it really is true. Even with the hot potato game we were playing like beforehand, I noticed a lot of the kids when they got that weighted ball that was really heavy, nobody was holding it. And like one little kid, it just like flipped out of his hands because he wasn't really gripping it hard. And the next time it came around, you saw his whole body and his posture and his facial expression and the way he looked at the other kids like completely changed because he was like, oh, I got to hold it. It doesn't just like fall because he really wanted to participate. Kind of like holding the bike. He had to like be alert and attentive and be present mm-hmm. and doing something. Mm-hmm. I always say you got to do something to get something. Like you got to say something to get something. Same thing. So, sorry, go ahead. That was my little speech language minute. All right, moving on. With the bikes, we had them bring their own bike, and then Mm -hmm. we removed the pedals. So, we did have a bike tech come, Holly's. Mm -hmm. His name was Mark Taylor. And we had another parent, actually, their child wasn't signed up for bike camp, but he was really interested in what we were doing and offered to volunteer his time to come help out. It turns out that he was a bike tech in, I think, college and then after college. So their hobby as a family is bike riding. So he got very involved in the bike camp as well. But we removed all the pedals, made sure the tires were inflated good, made sure everything was tight on the bike. Some of them were not, so they needed a little bit of tweaking. Once all the pedals were removed, we started the kids downhill using gravity to help get the momentum and just walking the bike, then walking and picking up your feet to coast a little bit so they could get the balance and the sensation. Some of them needed cues to help get on and off the bike. How do you even get on this bike now? Mm-hmm. So, Like where their body is in space and then where their body is in relation to the bike. Yeah, that whole thing. How many times do we see kids on a tricycle or a bike? They go over the back of it, like mm-hmm. over the back tire, like they're going to get on the, the bike. And just like huh. motor planning mm-hmm. is unusual. But then to teach them, it's like, well, they're going to have to stand on one foot. They've mm-hmm. got to have a little balance to swing that leg over. Do yes. they have the strength to get that leg all the way up over the seat? So a lot goes into just getting on the bike. Yeah. We haven't even started riding yet. Well, you were talking earlier, Hayden, about how do we bring in our PT sessions into the bike camp? Okay, that's balance and motor planning, just getting on the bike and figuring out where their body is in space. Just, you know, one example. Yeah, no, you're right. Because it's a challenge that I'm not a physical therapist, but just watching it sort of surprised me. Like, wow, this is a hard thing. We also incorporated a lot of those activities during the warm ups. 
So having the kids stand on one leg, Mm -hmm. doing jumping jacks or switch jumps to help with the coordination. So all of that kind of tied into the process of getting on the bike before they even start riding. But getting a warm-up thing was fun. Like they were having fun under that little tent that we were doing. I was thinking, oh my gosh, these little kids are going to see the other ones on the bike and they're like wanting to get on the bike and not wanting to participate. That's what I initially thought like, oh, how's this going to go down? They're going to be happy over here. But they weren't. They were fine. So it was kind of like doing all that stuff you were just talking about, Samantha, but it was fun for them. They were waiting their turn really nicely because they were having fun, but still working on something that was therapeutic at the same time, but they didn't realize they were doing it. So it's sneaky like that. Mm -hmm. Waiting is a part of life. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to wait and return taking and watching our friends, encouraging our friends and that sort of thing. Okay. So they did the downhill tandem bike warm ups. What else? Once we felt like they were coasting a little bit on the bike, we went ahead and put their pedals back on. But you skip that whole beach towel. See, to me, the beach towel is ingenious. So talk about the beach towel because I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Who would have thunk it? Holly's did tell us they make a strap that meets that need. But again, we use things that we have laying around. Beach towel. So that parents can go home and do it and don't have to go buy something. Well, tell people what you did with a beach towel, though. A lot of times you want to like hold on to the back of the seat for a child to help them balance and to take away some of that movement. And when you're teaching them to ride, if you hold on to that seat, they can't feel the movement and they can't lean and feel how far their body can go. And they've got to figure out what their limits are and then be able to have the strength and the core to be able to pull it back into that neutral position. So with the towel, you put it around their chest, around their trunk area, and you're able to stand off to the side and kind of support them without holding onto the seat, but you still got them in case they go too far outside of their limit and their comfort zone. So you've got a grasp on them, but still allowing them to have a little bit of freedom to move side to side because they need to feel that. And they need to feel what it's like to almost fall and what it's going to feel like if they are going to lose it. Getting that foot out and stepping, mm-hmm. balance reactions. Mm-hmm. For the children that came and the various diagnoses, did some struggle with this more than others? They saw various diagnoses or the types of kids that were here? Yeah. And I think some surprised us too, like where we were expecting them to have a delayed response and they actually had a pretty good foot out response. Mm -hmm. And then other ones where language wise, you could tell them and talk to them and they could understand, but then reaction time wise, it still wasn't there. Who's the type of child that surprised you? Usually children with autism, they'll have a delayed reaction response Mm. time. And so for me, I was surprised. Mm -hmm. And that particular child did really, really well. So you thought he would have struggled more than he did? But he actually mm-hmm. motor-wise did a little bit better. Really? Huh. I think it forces you to really attention your movement mm-hmm. quickly. And if you don't, you find out the results. fast. And I think sometimes kids with autism, motivation is such a humongous factor when it gets them to focusing and attentioning their movement. And this is one of those skills that he got off the bat and he was motivated. He loved it. He was having a blast out there. He was. So that particular child with the diagnosis of autism you expected his reaction time to be worse than it was, and it was a lot better. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this has also been a child that's receiving ongoing therapy from an early age. Mm. Who struggled more than you thought they would? Anybody else has struggled? A little guy that's not had physical therapy interventions, and Mm. we are working to get a referral. And he hasn't really had any PT? Mm -mm. Your just initial assessment when you just saw him was, oh, he'll be able to catch on to this pretty fast, but he didn't. 
Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Just in the reaction time alone for like the balancing and if mm. he were to lose his balance, get that foot out. I mean, we're not talking about the whole content of bike riding, but just one little technique, mm-hmm. one skill. I know who you're talking about. His language was a lot more advanced than the little boy who had the diagnosis of autism because you could talk and problem solve him through it and explain it to him. Yeah, you're right. You would think, oh, when you feel like you're going to fall, put your foot out, put your foot out. But no matter how many times you tell somebody that, it's got to come from within. It's like that body awareness, that sensation. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's interesting. There's something in there in terms of like doctoral thesis, something, something, but I'm fresh out of time for that. But that's a great project for a student that we have to come in and write something up with that. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know. So they got their balance with the beach towel. And I, by the way, took the beach towel idea home and tried it, and it worked great. Anyhow, so we used the beach towel, and then what happened? Once they got to a point where they were coasting pretty good, and we felt like they were ready, we went ahead and put their pedals back on. One little guy had his pedals on the second day, and he was good to go with it. There was other areas where we worked on an address with him individually. But the rest of the group, once we got the pedals back on, again, you have to teach them how to get the pedals going. So a lot of times, especially if there's that back break, like where if you push the pedal backwards, it's going to break, the bike's not going to go. But we continued to use the downhill momentum to allow them to get going and then get their feet on the pedal and start pedaling. And I think that's where a lot of our scrapes and scratches and bruises came in. Don't forget the sticker idea. (laughs) That was genius. Talk about that. What's the sticker idea? Um, We put the sticker on the bike frame. So if you cut the sticker in half and put half of it on the bike frame and half of it on the pedal arm, you can give those children a visual of where the pedal's supposed to be and they know to line up that sticker to make it match, to make it a whole, so whatever cu- it was. <laughs> so I'm curious for the kids whose language was more mm-hmm. age appropriate, that kind of thing, the yeah. sticker thing really worked for them. For the kids who had more of a language impairment, the sticker thing was not as successful or was it Not as, because they're just not as in tune to that. I think mm-hmm. it would have taken more repetitions. But for children that have that understanding and know, okay, well, it's half of an apple, let's make it a whole apple, uh-huh. it clicks. Mm-hmm. And then they know where the bike pedal needs to be to get it going. That is a genius idea. See, that's the whole nothing fancy, but it works really good. That's very cool. So bike camp and the way we've set up for that is very different than regular traditional physical therapy one-on-one with a child treating, that kind of thing. So what did you bring to this bike camp from your professional experience where you're treating kids one-on-one that sort of you know as a physical therapist, physical therapy assistant? What did you incorporate and use in the bike camp? Well, we know that peer engagement is very important. So being able to start off on day one all together with the icebreakers really got the kids to associate with each other and play with each other. And then as physical therapists and physical therapy assistants, we kind of know the steps that it takes to get on a bike and to start riding the bike. So then we broke down each step and worked with them individually. So as I mentioned before, during the warmups, we would work on standing on one leg and a lot of coordination activities. And so we use our therapy techniques in order to help them be successful in riding the bike. And then as Kiersey said, whenever they were taking a water break or taking a break, they would encourage each other. And instead of walking around and just sitting there, it would be like, okay, let's cheer on our friend. Go, go, go. And so that was the peer engagement that we take not only with the one-on-one, but in a group session as well. Yep. And working on confidence was really big. I worked with one little guy and he got upset with himself a lot and honestly reminded me of myself growing up. I used to get very upset with myself when I didn't do something the right way and wouldn't even do athletics when I was really little because I was scared I was going to not be good. 
So I really enjoyed working with him and just building his confidence. If he just tripped a little bit while getting on, you know, the bike was on the ground and it was just this fiasco at the start. But by the end of the bike week camp, he was getting on and he was riding with his pedals on the towel and I didn't have to steer him the whole way down. And it was baby steps each day. But seeing his confidence grow through physical activity was just amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, that's cool because it's putting all that stuff together into a functional activity and they can do something they couldn't do before, which is so rewarding. And we're working on core strength and balance and coordination, all the things that, you know, we've been talking about. But at the same time, look at all this other stuff, too, we got treating the whole child. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kirstie? Because you wrote this curriculum and you designed this whole thing. So how did you bring what you know as a PT into this? I think the biggest thing was we're, like you said, physical therapists and assistants, and we have to treat the individual and their needs are all different. They all came with different needs and what level they were at and how fast they progressed. And that's where your skill set comes in, because even though we have a curriculum and a general idea and what we're doing going you have to think on your feet and you have to be able to adapt and change and move quickly. I mean, we had one that he was on a roll and it's like, okay, put him over on the other side of the parking lot. He's got to set up something different. And now he's got to work on this. He's already surpassed this point. But as a paying parent, you want your child to get something out of it. And if we're not meeting his needs, then we're not doing our job. You're right. You want the parent to get their money's worth, but really the motivation is because you really want to see that child do something they couldn't do at the beginning of the week. You want them to be closer to riding a bike. Right. So why don't we go around and like each person, what was one of your most memorable moments from bike camp? I would say mine was from the very first day. We had one little child. He just surprised us all and just took off on that bike. And we were just expecting all the kids to kind of be on the same page as working on walking on the bike. And he just picked up and he started pedaling. So then throughout the week, it was just really great to see us keep progressing him, like trying to steer through cones or turning to one side that was more challenging for him. And just say what, he already had his hands up in the air like a champion saying woohoo and look dad, look at me. And it was just a really incredible process to see him grow. He was a cool little fella. His confidence grew. Though I wasn't there the first day. I was there, I think, middle of the week. But even in the middle of the week, he was like, yeah, I got this. I can do it. All right. How about you, Michelle? I kind of just talked about it earlier. That is my most memorable moment, building a little guy's confidence. And when he first started, mm-hmm. he had no clue how to get on the bike. That was difficult for him. And bounce was harder. And by the end of the week, like I said, he had confidence in himself and he did it. He got closer. That was just, I can't even explain it, to see his confidence grow. It was just amazing, really. So how about your most memorable moment? I don't know that I have just one. I think that at the end of the week, I was so grateful to work with Michelle and Samantha because I couldn't have done it without them. I think it was an awesome opportunity to come together, having the help of Michelle's student that was observing, possibly wanting to go to school for Mm -hmm. therapy. So I think having that interest, being able to show other people out in the community, like we had an ABA therapist attending, Mm -hmm. and I think showing them what we do and how we adapt things was really exciting. I think from the very first day, we had one little guy, he woke up and he was like, is today bike camp? He was just so ready to come. And so excited. the fact that they wanted to come every day and that they were excited to get there, they were getting something out of it. And it was really positive for them. And just the whole experience for them, I think, meant a lot. It wasn't work. It was fun. Yeah, it was. And you mentioned the student that we had. She was fantastic. 
this is not my most memorable moment, but it was actually one of them because I thought, dang, that girl is with it. She would stand at the other end because, you know, the kids had trouble steering or the day I was there, there was a lot of steering issues going on yeah. and they weren't really paying attention to where we we're going. And she just, nobody told her, I don't think, but she just went to the other end and was doing like very animated, go to her, go to her. And it helped them get the idea. And so I was like, that was very smart, but it was just cool how stuff like that sort of works out. So what feedback did you guys get from parents? They were just really grateful of all the help that we provided. Like Kirsty said, we used a lot of tools that they have at home, like the beach towel and just using mm-hmm. their personal bike so that they didn't have to go out and buy some fancy equipment just to teach their child. So they were very grateful for that. Also, something that I noticed is the kids that learned how to ride the bike, maybe there were different struggles that they had, like they could go straight, but they couldn't turn. Right. So just for us being able to identify those and to tell that to the parents so that they could work at home, I think that was something that they were appreciative of. That's one thing too that I really liked was that we all checked in with the parents at the end of every day. It was like, here's what they did really well. Here's what to work on. Here's where their strengths are and here's how to support it. I think that was really helpful. And I think as a parent, that's really nice. It's not just a bike camp. We're able to give that back to the families and help with that carryover. And I was excited to go to the parents and say, look what Johnny did or look what mm-hmm. so-and-so did today. And you guys can keep working on this at home. Just do this for a skill or, or whatever we were working on. It was exciting as a therapist too. Mm-hmm. To- How many of the parents sat inside initially because they didn't think their child would perform. But then on Friday, mm-hmm. every parent was out there watching. See, that's very cool. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that was um, fun. I mean, I was like a kid. I was like looking back if mom was around, like, did you see that? We can do it. And a couple of times earlier in the week, we were like, hey, go get that parent and bring them out here. They've got to see what their kid's doing, you know? (laughs) That's the exciting part. Yep, you're right. And then I know some of the kids were riding independently at the end of the week. Some of the kids were not riding independently, but they still had made gains. So I know some of the feedback you shared with me, Kirsty, was that some of the parents wanted to continue like a white camp too or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, they wanted it to continue. Or how can we incorporate this into Mm -hmm. therapy every week? Because they had made so much progress, each one of them. And it's like, gosh, if we could just do another 15 minutes every day, or if we could extend this another week, they'd have it. They'd be riding. Yeah. How can we carry it over? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for Michelle and Samantha, was it a good experience for y'all? I guess the right answer if you're doing podcasts is yes. But I mean, really, is there things that you could take away from it that you could use in individual one-on-one therapy? I already have. I Mm -hmm. have a kid at St. Hill's Children's Center that I'm seeing. Attention span is not always the best. And we're working on some gross motor activities too, some standard balance and coordination types of things. He has mastered his tricycle goal. So his mom brought his bike to the center and I took the training wheels off and we're now working on using the towel. I use a blanket at the center. They're readily available around there. (laughs) We go up and down the hallways. We go outside on the playground and outside we take turns at the other bikes Working on his attention, Mm -hmm. we started off like 10 seconds on the bike, Mm -hmm. and now we're up to Tuesday. We transitioned from the playground Mm. all the way to the gym in the hallways doing the bike. So, yeah, I definitely took it away using exactly what we did in bike camp at a different location treating other kids. So, yes. And I've just learned about the impact that we can have on the kids because I worked with the kids on day one and then on the last day. And so I wasn't there to see the progress in between that they made, but it was just really great to see not only their bike riding skills improve, but also their confidence by the end. So just always being a constant motivator and cheering them on and always focusing a lot on their strengths to just keep them motivated. Definitely something I'll take to bring into my treatment sessions. 
My takeaway is you should listen to Samantha's good ideas. <laughs> You're welcome. You should. She's got a lot of them. You do have Samantha. You have a lot of them. So yes, that was my takeaway among others. So Samantha, is this bike camp comparable to the one that you were telling me about in your interview or is it similar? Do you get the same results? Well, both camps have the same goal of teaching children with disabilities how to ride a bike. And that's what we each set out to do. I liked our program just because we utilize things at home that the families can use instead of all the technical aspects. So that was a different way to go about it. But I think we definitely achieved everything that the other camp did. My only thing that I would change, and Mm -hmm. I know it was out of our control really, is just increasing the number of volunteers. That Mm -hmm. way we can have more volunteers per child. So it's more time spent on the bike versus sitting and taking a break and waiting for a volunteer to come get them. So that's just one thing that is out of our control, but maybe next year we can. Yes, I agree. Volunteers were key. And I think that's also important to highlight because it wasn't like y'all just did bike camp and you're like, okay, well, I'm done for the day. I mean, literally for people listening, you were there first thing in the morning, the crack of dawn, because that's when it's the least hot, though it was hot, no matter what you say. But you left there and went and treated the rest of the day. I mean, that's very impressive. Soaking wet. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like doing this podcast today. I mean, you guys have been treating all morning. We all have been working and treating all morning. And then we're here doing this podcast. We're going to go and treat some more this afternoon and stuff. It's impressive. I mean, that's just how our therapists roll. We're just that good. Shift gears. But Samantha and Michelle are just that good. They were able to literally sweat it out and then go and do the rest of their day. It's impressive. So really, this wouldn't happen without all of y'all in the room to make it all happen. So it's beautiful. But you're right. We need more volunteers next year because it is sort of a physically involved (laughs) type of situation. So from you guys, y'all have to sort of be the directors versus the runners. We all ran up and down. I'm not saying we wouldn't do it, but y'all's expertise are needed. And hey, do this, do this, shift this. Because I kept saying to Kirsty, I'm like, what do I do with these doing this? <laughs> what do I do with that? And so, yeah, we need some directors and we need more runners. Well, and I think that's <laughs> what we bring to the table is we're able to identify where mm-hmm. the deficit is and know how to help that child individually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it was the group, each child was getting individual attention and individual eyeballs, things were shifted and changed to make it work for that one child. It wasn't like a one-size-fits-all thing at all. And when you think about it, there's a lot going on. You have to look up, you have to steer, you have to pedal, you have to balance and contract your core all at the same time. And that's a lot lot to take home. So with that said, I think it went well because at the end, they made progress and did it. We still have so much more to do with it. We haven't even gotten into the safety aspects of biking and stop signs. And (laughs) tune in for next year because there's all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, thank y'all. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for participating. Check out the bike camp and a little bit of information on our website at www.pediatricdt.com. But thank you specifically, Michelle and Samantha and Kirsty. Thanks y'all for joining with me today. And then also thanks for making this bike camp this year a success. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 